0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Positive, aren't they? And I think, well, I think there's a little space for negativity, actually, every now and again. And if I am the comedian to provide that for people, I'm happy to do it. Hey, you're feeling positive about that. Let me flip that the other way. And uh, yeah, (laughs) Here's another five reasons why it isn't. Psychologically, I'm always on. (laughs) Welcome to Women Talking bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric Maureen Younger, and the dashing Kai. Charisma Bomb that is Alison June Smith. So now we've started. This is how we've started, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, if anything, we should have started earlier. I think early, we peaked, actually, before we started this. <laughs> so, didn't, don't, don't you feel like earlier that chat we had before this bit? This is the kind of stuff that if we had a Patreon account, that's the bit that we'd include, wouldn't we? Hey, you're paying for this. This is the kind of chit-chat you can expect. Hey, you're not paying for this.
2: This is the kind of chit-chat... <laughs>
1: You're getting Okay, let's start this.
2: Boom, we're in. Episode 20, right? Episode 20.
1: So we've started. A little bit of information about my week, um, in case you're interested. I hand washed this jumper, which I'm currently wearing now. And um, I don't know how you feel about hand washing. I'm very anti it. Um, If I buy an item of clothing and it says hand wash only, I usually go, well, stick it in cold wash in the washing machine should be all right do you know what I mean I don't really same with dry clean I'm like is it though should be okay this jumper I was like no no I'm definitely hand washing it because I have a feeling if I stuck in the washing machine it's kind of knitted isn't it you can see that it's a knitted jumper hand wash it so I hand washed it cold water yeah hung it out to dry drip dry yeah didn't even do the squeezy thing drip dry blah 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 that's what it said Anyway, it's shrunk. And I'm livid, OK? Yeah. I'm absolutely... Look, if I stand up, you can see. Can you oh, see? Yeah. Oh, it's short. I, I yeah, cannot... Yeah. I am so angry with Zara right now. I just... I'm like, it's enough that you've told me I can't wash it. And I didn't wash it. So I've hand-washed it and it still shrunk. What are you people trying to do to me? I mean, that was... It's 40 quid, this jumper. It's not cheap. Anyway, that has been my week. My jumper shrunk. <laughs> Alison, tell me about your week. <laughs> oh, well,
2: Jen, I uh, I haven't had a, a shrinking clothing episode, although the last time I did, <laughs> I got really upset. I went to put on my clothes and I was like, God, Denny, did you put, you must have put all, like, did you put all my clothes in the dryer? You put them all in the dryer because none of them are fitting me. And it had nothing to do with the dryer. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so that It's <laughs> locked down. You're it, was not We're all, it was not the dryer. Do you know, my yeah. dad
3: was the same. He had an old family kilt, which he s- decided wasn't working because he couldn't get it on anymore. And it's like, well, it's not... It's not working. You just can't get it around your waist.
2: That's the thing. All my clothes stop working at certain periods in my life. They just stop working. Um, I, myself, this week, what did I do? Um, My biggest thing was I I got going on the uh, Christmas decorations in the house. It's it's December now. I'm doing it. I don't care. That's it. That's what this is going to be. I'm embracing it. Christmas decorations. Bought our first tree. I've never had my own Christmas tree before. Yeah. That was
1: going to be my next question, Alison. My next question was going to be, Fake or real?
2: Oh, fake. Discuss. Fake. Fake. 100%. Fake. Yeah. Because I oh, bought a fake tree. Yeah, uh-huh, I bought a fake uh-huh, tree. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh, I just don't know where to go to get a real one. And it's literally seems...
1: anywhere, side of the road.
2: A lot of faffing <laughs> about. <laughs> Any petrol station. It's a lot of faffing. They deliver. I bought a black
1: Christmas tree. Of course you did. Of course you did. Listen, for the listeners at home uh, who you want to figure out who. This wonderful woman, Alison June Smith, is let me tell you go to her home. It is beautiful, it is immaculate. It's it a is show, a house. show home. Here, okay, and everything in that house is black or it is white. It is, um, literally, um, what's his name from Shits Creek? It's uh, there is no, do you know what I mean? So I know that it would either be like a silver or white or a black, and I know, let me tell, let me guess what the baubles are. Okay. You want to know? I kind of want to put a guess out, but let us go. Fine, let's let's
2: the big reveal. Okay, the big reveal is no baubles. I went with gold and warm yellow lights, and uh, it's um uh, golden poinsettia flowers that I've placed around the tree. So it's golden, just big, beautiful, sparkling poinsettias with the lights, and then a big, beautiful golden star that kind of matches the poinsettias. And I thought. That's what I'm doing. I'm keeping it simple, monochromatic, and it matches the the house.
1: Everything. I love everything that you're saying, and I love everything about you, Alison. Let's go to Maureen. Yeah, Maureen, Maureen. Maureen, let's talk about your Christmas tree. I've got lots of baubles. Talk me through... Talk me through how you've de- <laughs> Your thought process, what, Maureen. Yeah, what was your thought process around decorating well, your three? Well, I've tree, got a lot of baubles because
3: I bought them really cheap in sales sure. a couple of years back, and I have just bought too many because yeah. they were like really, really cheap. So, what's the theme? They're everywhere, and my fairy somehow has been bent over. The fairy's bent over, is she? So the fine. body is kind of bent over. So she looks, she looks pissed. Basically, she looks like she's
2: drunk. Your fairy looks like she's waiting for a what for? Because she's kind of bent over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as the elf on the shelf isn't behind her, that's fine. <laughs>
2: And then
3: I've got a bit of tinsel and some lights.
1: So you've got tinsel, you've got baubles, you've got lights, you've got a bent-over fairy. This is everything I imagine your Christmas tree would be. Like a a small child has thrown up Christmas decorations onto a tree. What we're going to do is we're going to put this up on Instagram. This is something, because we're all about content here at WTB. So we're going to have a picture of Alison's beautiful poinsettia, gold, black, very, very, you know, really thought through exactly what you want, how you want your Christmas tree to look. And then we're going to have more and younger's, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> 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 and that will be the WTB Christmas card. Thank you. <laughs> My tree we're not picking up until the weekend. It's a very annoying.
2: Because you we do, do real trees. You do real, don't you? We're
1: very much about what is our carbon footprint doing. Alison, I I mean, and I'm not sitting here in judgment of anyone. okay? but both of you have Uh chosen uh to buy trees. Environmentally... Will you be driving
3: to pick up your tree?
1: Well, even if you drive to pick up the tree, which we are actually doing. Yes, you're correct, because we need to pick up the tree. We will be in a car. But when you give... How much... um, The the oil that goes uh, back uh, that is created in a plastic tree and the uh, carbon footprint that's created. Actually, I went online. I mean, I've done it for you. And even if I bought really a a, a tree that's from Norway, even with that carbon footprint, it is environmentally better for the planet than a plastic tree.
3: But you're 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 buying a tree every year, whereas
2: that
1: tree will last for decades.
2: That's what I was thinking. So they're still saving over a
1: lifetime because. These trees are in a. Listen, I don't want to get into the detail. You're asking detail from me. I, know, I'm a very much a broad strokes kind of woman. The fact is, get on the get on Google and check it out. You're the bad people, okay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know what? I think that's good that we've learned that because I did not know that. I actually thought I was doing a better thing by one tree that I would just absolutely use. absolutely not.
1: Um, it, it's still the the plastic, and and also it, what you've created is not biodegradable. So I win. And what, what do I win? It's a, a bauble. Maybe, one, maybe a bauble. You could spare a bauble, for God's sake, Maureen. Jesus. <laughs> Go on, then. What have you been doing? Well, my week was I got a present from you guys, didn't I? Alison and I bought you a Mac so that we never have to do any admin ever again. Okay? And that is true. <laughs> and That
3: was one of the first things Alison said to me now. And you can use the Mac to do the, the Instagram account. Anyway, we should explain... <laughs> Alison rang me the other day and said, oh, um, we've got. I'm sending you something. Went, oh, it's not a printer. You haven't bought me a printer because I've been moaning about my printer. No, no, it's not a printer, but you've got to make sure you're in. I was like, okay. Oh, it's coming Monday. You've got to make sure you're in. Yeah, all right. Calm down. Anyway, and the night before, I'd said to my neighbours, what well, I could really do with is a Mac, but it won't be that. And then I get the parcel.
1: And what do I get? You get a Mac. And mind you, I, mean, the reveal, I get a Mac. we revealed it earlier when I said we'd bought you a Mac. Um, we revealed it a bit. We, we did a lot of research, Maureen. We did a lot of research. Yeah. We did a lot of chats. We went uh, there was a lot of back and forth. We phoned people. I had, I, I'm not going to lie to you, what can only be described as one of the most boring conversations of my life around <laughs> the different types of Mac that we could buy you. At one point, I think I flatlined. <laughs> um, and I, but fortunately, I came back to life. My heart started beating again. We agreed on the year. Then we went out and did the research. Then Alison made some phone calls. Then we did a bit more research. Then bish bash bosh, it arrived in your post. Oh, uh, that that story lost momentum right at the end, which should have should have <laughs> actually should have climaxed then, shouldn't it? Well, we've all had what can only be described as absolutely dynamite weeks. And the electricity <laughs> that is streaming through our bodies right now, and projecting out into the universe with this podcast, you are welcome. But now it's time to find out in what way Maureen has been more Maureen. I am
3: going to close my internet. Don't close my internet.
1: <laughs> I am my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Upon. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out of bit, OK? <laughs> Maureen. I actually know what this Be More Maureen is this week, and it's a, it is a classic. Yeah.
3: Well, basically, I started writing out Christmas cards. That's another part of my exciting week. And I bought, as you know, I like a bargain. I bought a load of cheap Christmas cards in the sales last January. Anyway, so I was writing out a pack of cards, got to the 10th out of the pack of 10 and I realised I guess they were printed in China instead of New Year, N-E-Y Year, Nay Year. And all, and I only noticed when I wrote the 10th one. And so there were two designs. So I thought, well, perhaps it's just the one design. But no, all the cards said
1: Merry Christmas and a Happy Nay Year.
3: So I had to throw them in the bin. Because nothing says cheap like a, a bad English Christmas card, does it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Maureen, those
1: cards, even if they said New Year, looked really cheap. <laughs> they looked like the kind of Christmas card that when you get it, you think, is this, I need my glasses because this looks out of focus. It's that kind of Christmas card where you're like, it's... Maureen has <laughs> got a pack of 10 Christmas cards that were pixelated. But because her eyesight's so bad, she didn't know
3: <laughs> Happy New <nay. laughs> I mean, luckily, I spotted it on the tenth one. But I'd sign ten, nine of them. With that I wish notice. you'd
1: sent them out. I wish. Do you know what? Actually, <laughs> I want that. I hope you haven't thrown them away because I want my. If if there if if I mean, I'm making them a huge presumption here, but if there is a Christmas card for me, I wouldn't. I don't want mine to say New Year. I want mine to say. Nay. Yeah. <laughs> I almost feel saddened by the fact that you discovered it because it would have been even more of a classic if those cards had gone out in the post.
2: Gone out. That's what I wanted. That's what I yeah. wanted.
1: Do you know what? It would have made 2020 okay. That's how much I would have enjoyed that experience.
2: For the reading literary monster that you are, I would have loved to have gotten a card that was misspelled, bad print. Oh, that would have made me feel better. <laughs>
1: I know. That one's tickled me more than ever. If you want to see that car, I think Maureen did put it up on her Instagram account, um, so you can find that photo if you want to look on Maureen Younger's Instagram. Always keep an eye on Maureen Younger's Instagram. There's a hodgepodge of interesting stuff there. There's actual real-life discussions about shared ownership. There's photographs where you go, what are you doing? And there's also lots of knitwear. So there's there's something for everyone on Maureen's Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> Maureen, that was a fantastic Be More Maureen. And, of course, this leads us into well, what can only be described as our favourite part of the show. It's time
2: to Ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice, take my advice, cause I ain't using it.
0: no, 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 no. no.
2: Take my advice, I ain't using it. You know, I love so much every time that you say it's your favorite part. Even if it's not, it just makes me feel good, Jen. Oh, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Totally is. Thank you very much. Ask Allison this one. And, uh, you know, we're into the Christmas season, so I'm not surprised that we got this one. And I think this is one that is really going to hit a lot of people this year. Uh, Someone wrote in, um, they have to spend their first Christmas alone. It's not by choice, but it's what's happening. How do they get through it? Um, and again, I mean, this year, particularly with everything that's going on, I think there will be a lot of people that are spending a Christmas um, maybe on their own, whether they wanted it or not. Um, ladies, have any of you spent a Christmas on your own ever? Yes. Yes. Maureen, several, one? Uh, several. I mean, one was in, in Vienna and I, I found it
3: very depressing. Uh then I spent it alone for a couple of years. I'm very popular. I spent it alone for a couple of years, but I did have a, like a friend who wanted me to come along and st- spend it with her, but I couldn't stand her boyfriend. And I was like, I'd rather be alone than be with him. I would find that more depressing, spending it with people I don't like. I mean, I liked her, but I just couldn't stand him. And so now I tend to spend it with my neighbours. Um, which is, is which is a lot of fun. They kind of it's, it's very sweet. But I my my mentality now is I'd rather be alone than be with people I don't like. But I do remember being incredibly depressed. The first second time I thought I was going to spend Christmas by myself, I was even thinking, contemplating, which was really stupid, of taking like lots of night nurse so I could just sleep through the day. I was that depressed, and I remember bursting into tears on the street. And and then I spent it with people I didn't like. And I'm like, actually, there's there's
2: there's worse things than being alone at Christmas. Excellent. Excellent reflection. Good message. I like that. I like that we have the perspective of the two. Jen, what about you?
1: Well, I have never spent uh, Christmas entirely alone. I've always had um, somebody with me. And so I feel f- quite fortunate in that uh, respect. There have been plenty of Christmases that I spent with my family that I wish I had spent alone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've always found that Christmas very tricky, actually. I, I don't enjoy it. And the first time I've started enjoying it again since I was a child is when my children were born, and then that changed Christmas for me. Yeah. But prior to that, I absolutely hated Christmas. And I can't even give you a rational... I don't really know why. But obviously, since my children were born, that's all changed.
2: Kids can make a Christmas, absolutely, because they believe in the... The spirit of it and everything. I know I'm kind of the same. Whenever I think of Christmas, all I really think about is family arguments because that's usually what happens in my household. But regardless, uh, this year, I think particularly, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people spending Christmas alone because of the pendo and etc. So my first thought on this was, isn't it interesting that this year... You are the least alone in being alone, everyone. There are people alone all over the place this year. So just remember that. It is it's gonna be a big one where a lot of people are having to spend Christmas on their own. They've never done it before. I did it a couple of times. I love it myself. I have loved Christmases on my own because it's just I don't know. For me, it's a it's a it's a day that I get to do what I want. So I think that's kind of maybe the way you should look at your first Christmas being on your own. I think going into Christmas on your own, too, the number one thing I want to suggest to you is maybe make a plan. Don't just go into Christmas without things in mind that maybe maybe you want to do. Um, if you have a game plan, it kind of gives you something to, to aim for. I don't want to say look forward to because maybe you're not, but at least it gives you some structure throughout the day. So. Some ideas of things that you can do this year particularly because I know we are a little, we're limited. So here's some things I thought of. Things you can do for you on your own this year Christmas. Number one, dive into that book that you have not gotten into. Okay, this is a great time to get into all those books that you have never, ever read. Uh, Binge watch series. What about those TV series that you never got around to watching? Take time off. This is it. This is your opportunity. Make a list. A playlist of your favorite songs that maybe you want to have going throughout the day. That's a nice thing you can do for yourself. Catch up on admin. I know that sounds ridiculous, but for someone like me, if you spend Christmas day catching up on admin, then everyone else who's panicking on catching up on all their shit later on, you're ahead of the game. You've used Christmas day and it's a victory. So you could catch up on a little bit of life admin. Uh, Make use of empty streets, especially in London. Look, beautiful things. I mean, in any city in the UK, let's be honest. Every time I walk the streets, I feel like there's a castle at the end of every street because in Canada, all the buildings are so new. There's so many beautiful things. Christmas Day, streets might be a little bit more empty. That's a great time if you're a photo person. Get out there. Take some pictures. Set a timer. Take your pictures of yourself without worrying about someone stealing your camera. You know, there's some beauties to that. Um, This may not be so popular, but hey book a shift at work. If you've got Christmas shifts, make that extra double time money. Look at it as a way to make some money. That's a nice opportunity. Order in your favorite food or cook yourself your own Christmas meal of all the things that you want, your favorite foods, and then freeze up some meals for the future. Reach out to some friends or people that you know also might be on their own really pre-plan that maybe having some conversations with some people that are also on their own even if it doesn't perk you up you might be changing somebody else's christmas so look at it that way uh those are to me some options now if you want to get a bit more altruistic and you want to go outside yourself look volunteer there's tons of places who need volunteers still even during this people animals there's a load of places where you can volunteer during christmas be your own saint nick if you if you don't have time maybe donate to some some places that you haven't donated to during christmas just to help yourself get into get into that christmas spirit um if all else fails then fuck it it's not christmas in your mind and it's just another day off and treat it that way Also, there's a lot of places you can reach out to if you're feeling like you're going to be alone this Christmas. And I think this year, more than ever, there's going to be a load. I was going to list a bunch of them, Samaritans, uh, online social uh, clubs called the Cares Family. But actually, I found, if you go to, believe it or not, ITV.com, Loneliness Helplines. They literally have tons of lines that you could call in and look into. And one particular thing that I really like, Sarah Milliken every year does hashtag join in. And this is specifically for people who are feeling alone during the Christmas time. And that has been going on for 10 years now. Uh, And every year I kind of touch base, look into it. And that's a wonderful thing that she's been doing. So I, I like to point that out as well. Hashtag join in at Christmas time. These are just some ideas of some of the things that you can do to get through the day.
1: Alison, thank you very much. That's very, very good advice. And also, I just think you know, make Christmas yours. If you don't want to yes. eat turkey and uh, drink sherry, just do you know what I mean? Like, make it, make it whatever you want it to be. I, I always think Christmas. Yeah. This is th- there's so many things that you feel pres- there's like it's been prescribed. Oh, I have to buy turkey and I have to have like flipping bread sauce.
2: Redefine and- the holiday to make it yours. You know what yeah. they could do. They could listen to all the episodes of
1: WTV. I mean, that's a classic thing to do on Christmas Day. <laughs> Christmas Day, spend 10 hours <laughs> in the company of uh, Alison June Smith, Moore Younger, and Jim Brister. And let us, in life, in. in, in, in uh, so if you weren't depressed before. I mean, come on. <laughs> Hey, I disagree. It's a very upbeat podcast with a lot of very positive messages. And actually, the timbre of our voices can be very reassuring to adults, small children and dogs. So don't be <laughs> disparaging about 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 the product that we are offering uh, free of charge, by the way. You're welcome. Happy Christmas. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, that was very good advice, Alison. And of course, you know sometimes the internet is horrific isn't it we can all agree there's lots of things about twitter in particular which i could be like i could do without that but uh sarah millican's join in hashtag join in is a wonderful way to be in touch with people who are also alone over christmas or who just want to connect or they might not be alone but their family might be next door making them miserable whatever the reason you can join in on twitter and that's a wonderful thing to do and of course there's volunteering there's lots of things you can do to get involved and be around other people if that's your bag but if it isn't Please make Christmas your own. Do what you want to do. It's yeah. your day. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I'm saying? If you want to spend it in your pajamas masturbating, then I'm with you.
2: You know. This may be your only Christmas that you spend on your own, right? This might be it. So, I mean, make it yours. It, it can be a lovely day. So yeah, that's yeah. That's the way that I I see, it. especially because people are just like, I can't even imagine what I would do with myself on Christmas. Well. There are a lot of things you can do with yourself, and that sounds yeah. grosser than it is, but you can do that on Christmas Day if you want as well, everyone. Whatever you want to do, whatever fills the time. Yeah. I mean, I really sport the whole mood with the masturbation thing. No, you didn't. But there we are. I mean, why not
1: run a path? Put some candles out.
2: Make an effort. Get acquainted <laughs> with the old pleasure dome
1: if it's been a while. Woo yourself. Yeah, all right. That's what we're saying what is the show called oh yeah i've got it we've been talking bollocks yeah okay is everyone happy with that (laughs) what are we watching this week i have been watching and have now completed because it feels like a computer game the undoing with nicole kidman oh yes i want to watch that it's on now tv Yes, I really enjoyed it. It is actually, in hindsight, after you've watched it, it's quite clever. I mean, not that it wasn't clever while I was watching it, but the point that they were trying to make is quite clever. And Very clever. when you go back and watch it, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, so that's... You feel like you're being taken down a particular direction, and actually, it's this one direction. And uh, anyway, I'm not going to spoilers. No spoilers. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can highly recommend it. And also, it really does. Um, absolutely outstanding performances from Nicole Kidman and uh, Hugh Grant. And I just watch it basically if you, if you are able.
3: It's had really good reviews, hasn't it? It's I mean, had- it was
1: it's it was brilliant. It was really good, and it was and also the young guy in it, the 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 son. He oh,
2: is absolutely he
1: outstanding. I just thought, how can you be so good and you're just a little kid? He, he, so much expression on his face, and so much he had to. T- sometimes he didn't even have lines, and it was all coming out on his on his little chops. Well done, him.
2: And do you know what I thought was interesting about him. Sorry to jump in. No. So I saw an interview with them afterwards, and I've always been baffled by this. He's English, you know that, right? He's British. No, I didn't know that. Brilliant accent. Yeah, because brilliant, great accent. Why is it that we must take actors from a certain country and not celebrate their accents and go, great, That's now can you all just speak like Americans? I don't understand why it is we keep casting people and then making them talk American. Maybe it's just me, but...
1: Uh, Well, I mean, sometimes I imagine as a casting director, you're like, you're not American, but look at you. You can act the tits off this part. Can you do an American accent? And they say... Golly gee, sure can. And they go... <laughs> I was just, uh, I, that was actually me doing a little bit of a audition there, in case anybody, any casting directors are listening.
2: <laughs> I just thought it was weird because, you know, Hugh Grant is English, the kid is English, uh, Nicole is Australian in this day and age, what, we can't suspend our disbelief that an Australian met an English person fell in love and now they got an English, I don't know, it just drives me crazy sometimes that we must make everyone sound North American. Well,
1: on know. one hand, I understand completely, but I think because Nicole Kidman's family are, I get you, can, it. you I get, get it. that they're kind of part of the, um, they're part of the establishment, aren't they? They're very yeah, much. They're money,
2: they're money American. They, they've
1: got the money. So yeah. in terms of, I know we, uh, in the U.S., there is the the you know the misconception that there is no class, but they are upper, upper middle class um, and establishment. And that, that's probably why. But yes, I do appreciate that point. Certainly. The only thing we can all be glad of is that Hugh Grant didn't do an American accent because we can all agree that would have been off putting. It was a bit like when Hugh Laurie in House, here's American accent. I was like, I can't. Did that was that convincing to people from the U.S.? Because for as British people, we listen to Hugh Laurie doing House. You know that show House?
2: Yeah, I didn't even know he was. Uh, I didn't know he was British. That's how I oh, was for
1: North America. I didn't know. Holy macaroni! A little bit of frying Laurie. Come on, um, not That's Newport, before what's
3: time. She wasn't in the country before. No,
1: I'm, well, I'm from Canada. Anyway,
2: <laughs> he, he's um,
1: proper establishment uh, in terms of comedy universe. You know, Cambridge Footlights, all that kind of jazz jazz. Part of the whole Emma Thompson, Stephen Fry, Kenneth Branagh kind of bra- Brit pack. And um, yes, so when he did an American accent, we all agreed it was horrific.
3: Do you know, I remember watching Spinal Tap in California and I had an argument with all the Americans to say that there was, they were that they were definitely British, that they weren't American actors. And of course, they're all American, aren't they? But uh, their English accent was so good. I was like, there's no way these people aren't. British. Yeah.
1: I mean, Spinal Tap is just so And I was good. like,
3: there's no way these people are American. They are definitely, definitely English. this is before Google, so you could be righteous and nobody could prove you were wrong. They're definitely English. And
1: then, of course, I found out they, they were all American. It's <laughs> one of my favourite films. That and Best in Show. Maureen, what have you been watching? Uh, I've been watching On the Town.
3: Which is a oh, the Frank Sinatra, nineteen forties musical? Yes, with Frank Sinatra, Gene Kelly, Anne Miller in some amazing frocks. I mean, if I'm ever get rich, I want to. I want to get that wardrobe that Anne Miller had. It's amazing. So it's a. It was like the first musical that was shot partly on in, in you know in New York on location. That was, you know, t- before then it was always on on a sound stage, and it's a really great musical. I don't know if any of you've seen it, but it's it's a really it's about three sailors who are in New York for the day and then they find yeah. three gals, you know, and there's a lot of dancing and singing, and it's it's really great some great tunes as well.
1: I have seen it, and it's you know, it's set in that time. There's a lot of glorified Hollywood kind of era of um uh musicals yeah, and musicals. Uh, big uh big show tunes and lots of money to be spent. Um and yeah, I can imagine it was absolutely wonderful. I personally find those sh- films tedious but I do understand <laughs> Oh do you? I do I, really, I, enjoy I, I them. always have You know the Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers everyone's like when they dance together it just is magical and it, I'm just like Ugh, t- come on
3: I tell you what's really clever is that G- uh, obviously Frank Sinatra wasn't really a dancer so Gene Kelly had to choreograph I can never say that word choreograph yeah, choreograph, yeah. yeah. So you, it. so it's not obvious that Frank Sinatra can't dance
1: but he can sing Mr Blue Eyes that psychopath could he had some pipes didn't he Hmm? uh, sorry is that not we not all agreed that he must have been no he's a great singer yeah oh sorry yeah yeah great singer (laughs) Alison. what horror will you be bestowing upon us
2: well because we are now in the month of december i have decided to feature nothing but christmas horror movies this month so yes because there are ample christmas horror movies everyone The first one I would like to recommend for our Christmas horror season is a 1974 classic, a Canadian horror movie called Black Christmas, which is the story of a group of sorority girls spending Christmas together and a a dead body is found on the campus. Thus, killer ensues and there's mayhem and it's fantastic. There have been three Different black Christmas movies. I have watched them all. You might be tempted to watch the more recent ones thinking they would be better. They are not. Go with the 1974 Canadian classic. I'll tell you, it stands the test of times. It's scary. It is not full of gore. It's really great. It, it, honestly, it's one of my all-time favourite Christmas horror movies. So
1: you're recommending the one from 1974...
2: And because I'm just,
1: I just did a little bit of Googleization, you know. I know you do. Well, I
2: tell these movies, yeah, yeah.
1: To Google, and Black Christmas 2019 horror thriller, it's described as gets 3.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 38% Rotten Tomatoes, and two out of five for Empire. I think I'll swerve yeah. that. And even Google, Google users have got literally like anything, don't they? Google users are like, yeah, I like it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: they just like to press an up thumb, don't they? People that are on Google. No, not this one. 44% of people said it was an absolute pants.
2: So there we go. That was the 2019 though. Not the, no, not the 1974. Yeah. No, not
1: the yeah. 1974. So that's the one to watch. And it's not too yes. terrifying.
2: Oh, it's terrifying. Oh, it's, it's oh terrifying. it is terrifying. You'll be scared. You'll be scared. But what I'm saying is there's not a, not a lot of unnecessary graphic gore, which is my problem with horror movies nowadays. Older horror movies actually built suspense and there was terror and you were scared. Now it's like, ee, blood, gross things, bleh. I'm not into that. I'm into actual inside jumps and, ah, oh, and what? Yeah, that's my thing, so... Yeah, Great, that's why I'm more of a classic girl. I
1: actually am really uh, excited about the fact that every week we're going to have a Christmas horror film because I don't think mm-hmm. I'm I don't I mean, I don't I'm not aware of Christmas horror movies, so that this is the first one. Oh, I mean, I'm excited you to know wait, what's happening. Wait, I got, got next some week.
2: good yeah. ones coming up, guys.
1: Alison, yeah. thank you very much. Look, it's time now, it's, it's you again, Maureen. Oh, I think <laughs> why is it always to you? <laughs> Now it's going to be Maureen's Cultural Corner. Uh I haven't started it, Maureen. Hello. I'm I'm going to start that again. (laughs) Maureen Younger, Cultural Corner. It's the Cultural
3: Corner. And uh, this week we're talking about Spanish television. I'm in. Tell me. Well, the first one is one of my favourites from the last few years, The Ministry of Time. And it's about three officers from different eras who work for a secret agency guarding Spain's past from time-travelling intruders trying to manipulate history. And it's well-made, intelligent TV that doesn't take itself too seriously. I recommend it. Unfortunately, they took it off Netflix, which is a bad move. You can watch an on HBO. You can also go to RTVE uh website, which is Spanish TV's website, and you can watch it there. And they've also put the um, script in English, so you can actually watch watch it and then the script in English will go down by the side it is one of the best TV series I've ever made you will really enjoy it it's just so well written that like you love the characters like every every week they go to a different piece of history in Spain that's through stories and it's just fantastic television So yes
1: Ministry of Time I do know about that my mum has watched that oh did your mum like it yes yeah, she very much enjoyed it um, yes until I think somebody somebody disappeared and wasn't in it anymore then it's, I think her enjoyment was halved. He
3: is very—he comes up later. He's yeah. very good-looking. But then he's replaced by another good-looking guy.
1: Oh, well, as long as... He's been replaced by another short, good-looking Spanish man. That's fine.
3: The character's called Pacino. And what's great, they, they're, they're very, it's a very witty script. He He's a cop from the 80s, and he speaks 80s slang that nobody understands. In fact, they understand the guy from the 16th century much easier than they understand a guy from 80s speaking 1980s slang. <laughs> the next one has got Drug Squad, Costa del Sol, which is the guy who plays Pacino in uh, Ministry of Time, is the kind of the lead in there. And this is also a great cop series. It's set in 1970s Torre Molinas. So you can enjoy 70s fashion, 70s cars, 70s police mores when it comes to interrogating suspects. So think of Jack Regan in The Sweeney. And you can also enjoy Hugo as the actor in question. He's the lead, as Bruno Lopez. And it's, it's a, he's, best, he's a maverick cop, obviously, who has a problem with authority, obviously. But it's an excellent cop obviously, so that's kind of a, the trope. But there's like four of them together and they're kind of a mixed bunch. So you've got Bruno Lopez, who's this kind of maverick. You've got a rich guy, Cop, whose father used to be a general under Franco. You've got the hippie, who's who's a hippie. And then you've got an incredibly good-looking guy who's got a secret of his own, which if it's found out in macho 1970 Spain will be a disaster for him. And it's a really great story. They're kind of an interesting way they frame it. So you see, it opens with Bruno looks like he's been sh- he's been shot, looks like he's about to die, he's been left somewhere, we don't know, and it kind of tells the story. So you've got, like, it's kind of framed with this, it leads you in one way and then it goes another. I would totally recommend it. It's a great, great, um, and Hugo uh, Silva's brilliant, and that's on Netflix, and the series ends on a cliffhanger, so I'm guessing it's going to be a series two. And the third one is Mar de Plastico, which has got the good looking guy that Jen's mum liked, uh, Rodolfo Sancho. And they know that he's good looking because he tends to brood a lot with his top off, which isn't a complaint. <laughs> it's an observation because obviously a lot of women are going, very nice. He does brooding very, very well, I have to say, Rodolfo Sancho. And he's um, so he's an action hero. Uh, he's like a bit of a hunk. And it's the background is a small Spanish town. Where everybody's a racist. In fact, they had to put the TV series had to put a disclaimer. It's a very popular series in Spain. They had to put disclaimers saying this is fictional because all the local people in the area were really annoyed because the, the Spanish don't come out of it very well. So they had to go. This is just fictional. It's not really true.
1: Well, I mean, have, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I don't think the Spanish are known for for their inclusion in rural well, you know, Spain what, to in be
3: particular. And uh, no one comes out well. So. There's, All the Eastern European men are gangsters. All the Eastern European women either trafficked in the sex trade or they're rich women in garish clothes with lots of jewellery who've married rich Spanish men. Um, The police are all corrupt apart from the three leads. Uh, I mean, no one comes out of this well. And also, Rodolfo Sancho, it's a vehicle for him. So he plays this action man, so he jumps on a moving boat at one point. He jumps on a moving car. And then in one scene, which is brilliant, he's on a motorbike, catches up with this massive Serbian gangster who's in a van and manages to kind of grab him by the throat while while driving the motorcycle and stops him. I mean this guy is massive. I mean it's totally unbelievable. I mean there are some twists in the plot where you're like, all right, mate. But yeah, but it's still it's still enjoyable. And in fact the ending, they actually asked the Spanish to vote on what the ending, whether it would be about justice or revenge. Revenge. I'll leave you to decide. Revenge. <laughs> They went with Revenge. It's quite interesting to watch, but it is preposterous. I mean,
1: I don't mind a bit of preposterous nonsense in a a drama. Do do, do you know what I mean? That's what TV is. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time I'm watching stuff going, I mean, come on, would that happen? You know, I mean, I watched however many seasons of Game of Thrones and I quite happily... I I, I mean, there was a couple of points where I went, oh, but, you know, there's no way a woman would do that as a dragon flew past. Do you know what I mean? I I just, I completely lost perspective with that. (laughs) Sometimes. And also, it's 2020. We want some escapism. So th- that sounds great. Thank you very much, Maureen. Very comprehensive list. Goodbye. So now it's time. Uh, we're near the, nearing the end of the podcast. But of course, it's not the end of the podcast, is it, Alison June-Smith?
2: No, no, it is not because my podcast experience is not complete until I hear what the hell has been getting Jen's goat. Jen, oh yeah, let's talk about that goat. Grab it by the tail. What's going on? I mean, let's grab
1: it by the tail. Let's grab it by the balls. Let's sling it around by the boobs. I, why haven't I got a jingle? That's what I want to know. Firstly, that's what's got my goat. I need a jingle, well, um, and the jingle should go a ready? little bit like this: "What's what's got chance? What's got chance? What's got chance?" Go something like that, you know. In fact, I've, we could just record
2: that. No, and then we got to have what do goats say? Ah, 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 ah. That's me trying to yeah. do a goat. I
1: mean, sorry. that's yeah. that's optional. So, what's got my goat? Children children have got my goat but not my children you'll be pleased to hear i love my children i need to make that very clear i adore them and actually the more time i spend with them uh, i realize that they're pretty cool people it's other people's children that's what's got my goat now i went to a playground i don't know if you've been to these places did you know about these places they have been created uh, in order to test adults (laughs) patience and ability to stay awake they are the most boring places on earth they are always cold and appear to be in a wind tunnel I don't know why they, they, I think it's, I think the councils discuss it. They go, where where is it? Is there a wind tunnel here? Oh, put a playground. Yeah. Okay, great. Because they're always fucking freezing. So I was at one of these hell holes on Saturday with my children, as is my want, because it would be weird if they weren't there. (laughs) And um, (laughs) basically... uh, the uh, where there was a slide and, a, and a, a sort of climbing frame, what have you, was an it's, it's on sand, and so there's sand everywhere. And there was a boy, I won't name his name, I don't know his name actually. Let's just call him annoying boy number one, or just prick, that's easier, isn't it? <laughs> and he's only about seven, okay? So I need to like rein it in really, but he's throwing sand, but not just like. Uh, and I don't have a problem with throwing sand because I, I, I get it. Throwing sand is fun. But he's like slinging it, like spinning. and th- So it's going everywhere. So I'm watching him and his dad is there and his dad's not doing anything. And I thought, well, I, I don't want to say anything. I'm going to give his dad a chance to, uh, to say something. His dad doesn't say anything. So I'm oh, getting... this uh, poor dad. This I, poor dad. <laughs> I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier. I can feel it. It's actually now in my throat. Chloe's hand is on my wrist which is a sign to say don't do anything and that wasn't if anything that egged me on yeah. I said this little kid it's who's going to tell this kid to stop throwing sand and Chloe's like it's really annoying someone should tell him I went I'm going to tell him Chloe said leave it let his dad do it I said his dad's not doing anything so I go up to the kid and I said excuse me you stop throwing sand okay you're throwing sand and it's getting everywhere and it's going to get in someone's eyes stop it he said no I'm not going to stop it. You're trying to spoil my fun. And in that moment, as I stared at that seven-year-old, I imagined who he was going to be at 30. And I thought, I'm going to punch you in the face. (laughs) Can you imagine? If you're like that at seven, no, you're trying to spoil my fun. Yeah. Yes, I am. And guess what? I'm allowed to. I'll tell you why. Because I'm a grown-up, OK? And you ought to respect me because I'm taller than you. That's what I should have said to him. But I didn't. I said, listen, I don't... I don't care about your fun. I said, if that sand goes in my kid's eyes, you're going to be in trouble, okay? And I walked off. I thought the dad's going to, the dad's going to say something to me because I think I, I stepped over the line. He didn't say anything; just stared into the middle distance. I don't know what he was doing. I think maybe he was, I don't know, maybe he was having, maybe he was thinking about his dinner. But he didn't do anything. And so this kid continued to chuck sand. Uh, anyway, eventually our children moved on to a different area of the playground, so it wasn't actually a problem. But I just looked at that kid and I thought. That kid has no boundaries. No one is saying to that child, you can't throw sand, it's bad. And then when I did say it to him, he was like, why should I? You're like, you're basically spoiling my fun. It's like, yeah, because you're not allowed to do everything you want to do. And he clearly has parents who've never told that kid that he can't do everything that he wants. And he's seven and he thinks that his enjoyment is more important than anybody else's experience. Imagine, I was like, I suppose, I, I finally sitting sitting down going, has your father spoken to you about consent? Is that something? <laughs> that, here's something. I did not give you my consent to throw sand in my face. This is going to continue as you go on. There's going to be other things that other women aren't going to want in their face without permission, Okay? It starts with sand and it ends in semen. But either way, in between, you need to understand no. And it starts now. But you didn't say that. Anyway, I didn't say that. I didn't (laughs) say that. I just just called him a prig under my breath. I mean, that's the dad, not the seven-year-old. I need to make that (laughs) clear. That's what's got my goat.
2: (laughs) That's a good goat getting
3: by the way we should remind uh, should let people not remind let people know that we're going to have a WTB special my comedy chats next thursday if people want to oh, yes. um and people will get to actually see and hear uh, Leanne for the first time because they probably Aww. think she doesn't exist.
1: I'm excited they get to meet our magical oh, Leanne's Leanne. has been railroaded into... So there's going to be a Christmas WTV chat. On what? what's the date, Maureen? It's the 10th, on the 10th. On the 10th of December, where you will get to speak and hear and chat to us. If that floats your boat, that will be on the 10th of and December. And you can
3: sign up uh, at the maureenyounger.com and the page is my comedy page and there's a. it's free to sign up. So you can come and watch this for free.
1: We do expect a donation of $1 million. Also, another couple of announcements. We're all about the announcements in this week's episode. On the 19th of December, (laughs) which will be our final episode of this series and our Christmas episode, you're welcome, we will have an incredibly special, wonderful guest who will be with us. And uh, we're not even going to tell you who it is because it's Mm -hmm. a surprise. We don't know. No, we don't know. Um, No, we do know. Do, we do know, know. we're me, very
2: excited? We're a let fancy you. guest. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: taken it's taken a while to to negotiate a date that we could all do, and we finally managed to nail it down. So there we are. That's happening on the nineteenth, and also there'll be more announcements later on in the series, uh, which we won't do now because I mean this is because we finished. I suppose <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: we said the final the final episode. Don't worry, everyone. That's just the final episode of season one. Don't worry. Don't worry, everyone. Don't worry. I don't want you to think it's over. It's not over. It's never going to be over. (laughs) (laughs) We've got hours more time together, everyone, and we're excited. This will never end.
1: Women talking bollocks.
2: If you enjoyed today's
1: episode, then why not... Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Like us. Leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB
3: underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one. And then we all win. (laughs) Will that do?